Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go for your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Earth to Brit Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Earth to Brit Pod. Emails can be sent to earth to Brit.podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm slash earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This is a Yellow Wave production. What up, world? How are you all hanging in there? Um, this is day whatever I've lost I've lost track a long time ago, but I'm not gonna lie. I have completely eased into quarantine lifestyle and I feel like I am kicking ass. Uh, that being said, I'm sure there are people out there struggling and I'm always here for you if you need me because I was at I was at one point as well, pretty bad, but got through it. Um Real quick, I just wanted to talk about a couple of podcasts that I'm listening to right now. Obviously, My Favorite Murder. Um, then there's Housewives of True Crime. I love that one. They're very, they're funny. They've, they've been friends for a really long time, you can tell. Um, and I also love la- like their late latest episodes. You can hear their kids in the background. And it just it was like, uh-huh, I feel that because same for mine. Uh, and then the okay, so the other one I really, really, really like right now is your mental breakdown. It is so good. So these two therapists who were in the past, they were like one is a lawyer and a therapist, and the other one I can't remember art or something, whatever. They talk to each other in the beginning, and then they go cut to therapy session with this person that they call Andrew, and. Uh, Basically, it's just great. I don't. I'm. I don't know why I'm explaining it. It's amazing. And after I listen to it, I always feel like I just went to therapy. It is so. Oh, it's so good. So I suggest you check those out, and uh, let me know what you're listening to because I'm always looking for new information and new things to do and listen to and watch and read all that fun stuff. Real quick before we get into this week's story, I just want to give you a little heads up. Um, I'm not sure what you're going to hear in the background. Right now, it seems really loud. My son's night machine, um, like it's a sound machine, and that's basically all I can focus on, but I'm hoping you can't hear it. Also, I've got puppies with me, and so every time I try to record with them by me, all I hear and it shows through in the episode is my great Dane snoring. So right now he's not sleeping just yet. He just moved over by me, but you might hear him snoring. You might hear my other girl, um, my other dog Kennedy snoring. Uh, I'm not sure. So also my son apparently just asked for his fourth bowl of cereal. So anything could happen. And that's always the case. So this week I realized uh, we've done a lot of interesting crimes, psychology, stuff like that. Lots of murder, but this this is just absolutely mind-blowing, and um, especially the way I'm going to be presenting it to you, it's, <laughs> I just, you'll see. You hang tight, you will see exactly what I'm talking about, but oh my god, this dude, this guy, it's, it's um, terrifying, it's so devastating, but it's also really sad, I think, for everyone. I'll probably get into that more later. I don't want to come out of the gates with that, but I'll explain myself later on. So whether you've heard about this or not, I'm sure you've heard of it in passing. You might not know all the information. I sure didn't. 
um, but I'm going to bring it to you in a way that is easy to follow, uh, kind of, because the topic is really, really just sad. So basically, just real quick, we're going to be talking about sexual abuse. Um, so if that's a trigger for you, uh, I don't know, maybe don't listen or have somebody else listen to it and see if you can handle it. I'm not sure. But uh, this happened and it's absolutely insane to me. I cannot wrap my mind around how it happened and how it was covered up so many times. And and no, this didn't happen in the 70s. This wasn't that long ago. It. Let's just get into it. We are going to be talking about the very famous Penn State sexual abuse scandal. So on November 4th of 2011, a grand jury report was released, and that report contained testimony that former Penn State defensive coordinator Jerry Sandusky had sexually abused eight young boys over a period of at least 15 years. Officials at Penn State failed to notify law enforcement after learning about some of these incidents, and on December 7th, 2011, the number of victims increased to 10. Sandusky was found guilty in 2012. So what I'm going to do is go through a timeline of accusations, lists of the charges against Sandusky, a list of involved parties, a post-grand jury report timeline, information about the Second Mile charity, and Sandusky with links to the grand jury investigation. So we're going to talk about a lot of information, but again, it's done in a way that is easiest to follow because it's a lot of information. It's uh, the information is very graphic and just devastatingly sad, but it's when it's done this way in this timeline of the sequence of events, it's really eye-opening and not necessarily in a good way. So yeah, if you think you can handle it, let's do it. Let's talk about Jerry Sandusky and all the shitstorm he's caused. Jerry Sandusky. By the way, his full name's Gerald, but we're going to call him Jerry because that's what he went by. He was born on January 26, 1944 in Washington, Pennsylvania. He married Dorothy, who goes by Dottie, and that's his wife, obviously, and they were married in 1966. They're still married. So here's a list of all of his kids, who, by the way, are all adopted. EJ, Kara, John, Jeff, Ray, and Matt. On top of those that they fully adopted, they also fostered several children. Now, I'm wondering, and probably you are too, how many, if not all of them, were molested? This is not an ideal situation for anyone, especially children, to be adopted or fostered into a home like that. So what was Jerry? If you're not aware, obviously we know Penn State. So he was the assistant football coach at Penn State for 32 years before he retired. And that includes 23 years as defensive coordinator. He also founded the Second Mile in 1977, and it's like a group foster home for troubled boys, basically, but eventually it did grow into a nonprofit organization, and it basically just helps young people achieve potential, both individually and in society. And it's kind of just picture like um, Big Brother, Big Sister, those types of things. It's, it's I feel like it's similar to that. But Jerry is the one who founded that, um, which again, not an ideal situation. It's like somebody who let's think of an example. Um, somebody who can't swim being a lifeguard is one thing that comes to mind. Somebody who's addicted to drugs, working in a pharmacy, just not, mm -mm, the two should not be put together. It's just not, things are not going to go well. It's just impossible. Uh, All right. So in May of 2012, the second mile actually asks for court approval in uh, Center County, Pennsylvania, to transfer its programs to Arrow Child and Family Ministries and shut down. By the way, this is all way after the fact, so 
that's why. Like, kind of saving face, if you will. Then in August of 2012, the Second Mile requests a stay in their petition, transfer its programs to Arrow Child and Family Ministries, saying that this action, this is a direct quote, by the way, will allow any pending or future claims filed by Sandusky's victims to be resolved before key programs or assets are considered for transfer. Okay, whatever, makes sense. So now we're going to do a timeline of accusations. Okay. Okay. So from 1994 to 1997, Sandusky was consistently engaging in inappropriate conduct with different boys that he met separately through the Second Mile program that he founded. Then in 1998, Penn State Police and the Pennsylvania Department of Public Welfare have to investigate an incident in which the mother of an 11-year-old boy came forward and reported that Sandusky had showered with her son. So weird, by the way. Just, So then in 1998, still later on that year, psychologist Alicia Chambers tells Penn State Police that Sandusky acted the way a pedophile might when she assessed him. Because she, so basically when something like that happens, the psychologist gets involved just like what's going on here and she like she said when she did that she <laughs> she saw that he was a pedophile behaving like one told the penn state police and uh that she also believed that he might have had inappropriate contact with him on top of the shower a second psychologist john Cesak, reported that he found no indication of child abuse because showering with a that's totally normal, right? Seriously. I'm wondering if he, by the way, it doesn't say, I'm wondering if he was hired to say that because that does happen. So then still 1998, we're in June. In an interview, Sandusky admits showering naked with the boy. He says it was wrong. He knows it's wrong and he promises not to do it again. The district attorney advises investigators that no charges will be filed and the university police chief instructs that the case be closed. Like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Okay, cool. That's just real. That's just great. So a year later, June in 1999, Sandusky retires from Penn State after coaching there for 32 years but receives emeritus status with full access to the campus and football facilities. Again, not ideal. It's just, figure it out, you know? So then here we are to the year 2000. Y2K, does anyone remember that? Because that was a shit show as well. It's, I mean, I feel like we always are like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. But then if you think about it, all throughout history, it's pretty much been a shit show off and on. So just deal with it. Buckle up. Enjoy the ride, I guess, because I don't think that that's ever going to stop. So let's see here. Did I just say that? Mm Mm-hmm. Wait. I don't have the ability to rewind what I just recorded. So what I just said about having access, that's in June of 1999. So now we're in 2000. Um, can you guys tell real quick, I'm just going to side note and make it quick, um, that I talked to a three-year-old all day because I am really struggling here for just basic stuff. All right, let's see if I can pull it together for you. In 2000, James Calhoun, who is a janitor at Penn State, so he tells his supervisor and another janitor that he saw Sandusky sexually abusing a young boy in the Lash Building showers. So again with the freaking showers. No one reports the incident to university officials or law enforcement. I don't understand that. I don't understand that if another student saw that, but an adult, and then to tell other people, two other people. So now three people have heard this and no one reports it. That's, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That is bullshit. Especially these kids are so, I just can't. <clears throat> March 2nd, 2002. So jump forward two years. Graduate assistant Mike McQuarrie tells coach Joe Paterno that on March 1st, 
2002, just one day prior, he witnessed Sandusky sexually abusing a 10-year-old boy in the Lash Building showers. On May 7th of 2012, prosecutors file court documents to change the date of the assault to on or around February 9th, 2001. What in the actual fuck? March 3rd, one day later from this, 2002. Paternal reports the incident to athletic director Tim Curley. Later, McQuarrie meets with Curley and senior vice president for finance and business Gary Schultz. McQuarrie testifies that he told Curley and Schultz that he saw Sandusky and the boy engaged in anal sex. Curley and Schultz testify they were not told of any such allegation. No law enforcement investigation is launched. I thought as always, that I could get through this and keep my emotions in check and let, and not go off on tangents. I cannot handle all of these fucking adults seeing this, finding out about this, and nothing is being done. It is not, we're not just talking about showering. Now we're talking about anal sex after what the janitor said previously. I mean, this, and they're 10 year old boy. Oh my God. And we're just getting started. So I really will try to rein it in. But if you're not freaking out, are you even human? So then 2005 or 2006, this part's not necessarily clear, but it's one of these two years. Sandusky befriends another second mile participant whose allegations would form the foundation of the multi-year grant. Okay, let's try that again. So this kid... After befriending, um, being befriended by Sandusky, turns out he's the one who would form the foundation of the multi-year grand jury investigation, which is, holy shit, don't worry, I will tell you about it, but just, that's important. So then in 2006 or 2007, uh, Sandusky begins to spend more time with the boy, taking him to sporting events, giving him gifts. This is called grooming, by the way. Um, And during this time period, he performs oral sex on the boy more than 20 times, and the boy performs oral sex on him once. Also, real quick, mind you, these young boys, I mean, it is a very, the time when you're that age is so developmentally just key, and to have this kind of shit go down during that is, I cannot imagine the effect, the lasting forever, never going to go away effect that this is having on those boys. Keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that the adults who are around supposed to be protecting them are doing nothing. (laughs) If you're laughing at, at me right now, I don't blame you, but I swear I'm trying to keep it calm. It's just really hard to turn off the switch when this is just really making me mad. So in 2008, this boy breaks off contact with Sandusky. Later, his mother calls the boy's high school to report that her son had been sexually assaulted and the principal bans Sandusky from campus and reports the incident to the police. Yes, whoever you thank you for finally doing your job for being a human being. Oh, so that ensuing investigation reveals 118 calls from the Sandusky's home and cell phone numbers to the boys' home. That's called proof and evidence. So, and you know how they got that is because they were actually alerted of it so that they could do the investigation. And there you have it. That's what you do if you see or hear something like that, by the way, if you didn't know. That is what you do. You don't ignore it and you don't just say nothing. So then in November of 2008, Sandusky informs the second mile that he is under investigation. So then he's also on top of that removed from all program activities involving children. And that is according to the group. So it's not proven, although I would really like to hope so. I don't have much faith in these people for good reason. They've not given me a reason to. So now we're going to do the timeline on post-grand jury report after a quick break for a sponsor. I'll be right back and we'll move right on through and uh, 
(laughs) Just be ready is all I'm going to say. Be ready. Want to make a difference in someone's life? There are millions of ways you can do that, but this one is extra special. It's something I've always wanted to do, and recently I did the damn thing. I wrote to a prisoner. A prisoner who is desperate for a friendship outside the walls of prison. Write a Prisoner is an amazing program that allows you to search prisoners who are requesting letters from all over the world. You can do a basic search like age, maximum sentence length, even horoscope sign. Or you can do an advanced search, raising my hand over here, that's my jam, and get real specific. I chose all, which on the site is any, meaning no stipulations, but I felt pulled the most to an inmate on death row. You can search for as long or as little as you like. I searched for five and a half hours because I knew I would know as soon as I saw the one. Female, male, it didn't matter to me. The crime didn't matter. My search paid off because, as I suspected, I knew right away when I found my pen pal. I have zero doubts that this experience will impact my pal, but it'll probably impact me the most. I'm not crying. You're crying. (sighs) Curious? Head over to www.writeaprisoner.com and find your friend or friends because there is no limits to how many pen pals you write to, but it is highly suggested that you do not write to multiple prisoners at a single location. Go. Do it. For more information, go to www.writeaprisoner.com. Dot com and change a life. I am back and ready to bring to you the timeline of the post grand jury report. And I've also given myself a pep talk and kind of like a reminder, hey, chill out so that we can get through this and you can enjoy the story. Okay, I'll tr- I'm seriously truly going to do my best to hold my opinion aside, because I'm pretty sure it's the same opinion as you. And it's just, there's no need for us all to get all up in arms. (laughs) I need to at least be the one in control. Correct? Correct. All right. So November 4th, 2011, the grand jury report is released. November 5th, the next day, 2011 still, obviously. Sandusky is arraigned on 40 criminal counts. He's released on $100,000 bail. Curley and Schultz are each charged with one count of felony perjury and one count of failure to report abuse allegations. Fuck yes. November 7th, 2011. Curley and Schultz are both arraigned and resigned from their positions. Yes. Um, Also, this is all 2011 unless I say otherwise. Just to keep it a little bit easier. November 9th, Paterno announces that he intends to retire at the end of the 2011 football season. Hours later, university trustees announce that President Graham Spanier and Coach Paterno are fired effective immediately. Yes. November 11th, McQuarrie, now a Penn State receivers coach, is placed on indefinite administrative leave. Mm-hmm. November 14th, in a phone interview with NBC's Bob Costas, Sandusky states that he is innocent of the charges and claims that the only thing he did wrong was showering with those kids. All right. November 15th, the Morning Call reports that in a November 8th, 2011 email to a former classmate, McQuarrie says he did stop the 2002 assault he witnessed and talked with police about it. November 16th, Representatives of Penn State's campus police and state college police say they have no record of having received any report from McQuarrie about his having witnessed the rape of a boy by former coach Sandusky. Also November 16th, a new judge is assigned to the Sandusky case after it is discovered that Leslie Dutchcott, the judge who freed Sandusky on $100,000 bail, volunteered at the Second Mile Charity. That is not okay. And as a judge, you would know that. FYI. Uh, November 21st, it is announced that former FBI Director Louis Frey will lead an independent inquiry for Penn State into the school's response to allegations of child sex abuse. So they're bringing in the feds. 
love it. So here we are, very next day, November 22nd. The Patriot News reports that Children and Youth Services in Pennsylvania has two open cases of child sex abuse against Sandusky. The cases were reported less than two months ago and are in the initial stages of investigation. Same day, November 22nd, the Administrative Office of Pennsylvania Courts announces that all Center County Common Pleas Court judges have recused themselves from the Sandusky case. They did this to avoid any conflicts of interest due to connections with Sandusky, the Second Mile Charity, or Penn State. That also makes sense. So then we are going to jump forward to November 30th. The first lawsuit in the scandal is filed on behalf of a person listed in the complaint as John Doe, who says he was 10 years old when he first met Sandusky through the Second Mile Charity. His attorney says Sandusky sexually abused him over 100 times and threatened to harm the victim and his family if he alerted anyone to the abuse. By the way, that's a kind of a standard typical, um, especially for young kids, is to say that you're going to hurt their family or something like that um, before you have the mental capacity to realize that that's not necessarily how it works. Especially if you're being abused, you tend to believe just about everything. It's in retrospect, I'm sure they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. But again, when you're in the thick of it and you're young like that and impressionable, it's so easy to do. And that's just one small factor in what makes it so devastatingly sad. <clears throat> so then we're going to jump forward a couple days to December 2nd when a victim's attorney's say they have reached a settlement with the second mile that allows it to stay in operation but requires it to obtain court approval before transferring assets or closing. The next day, December 3rd, there is an interview with the New York Times in which Sandusky says, these are a direct quote here, if I say, no, I'm not attracted to young boys, that's not the truth because I'm attracted to young people, boys, girls, I, and at this point, his lawyer speaks up to note that Sandusky is not sexually attracted to them. Also, I don't know if his lawyer was like napping or what, because probably should have intervened a lot sooner. I'm glad he didn't. But uh, yeah, not not a good move. You got to be quicker than that. But again, I'm not, I don't want him, just forget I said that. December 7th, Sandusky is arrested on additional child rape charges, which raises the number of victims from 8 to 10 people. He's charged with four counts of involuntary deviate sexual intercourse and two counts of unlawful contact, contact with a minor. <clears throat> he also faces one new count of indecent assault and two counts of endangering a child's welfare, in addition to a single new count of indecent assault and two counts of corruption of minors. The math of that is not one I'm going to take on. So that's just a lot. And that's all you need to know. So then the next day, December 8th, Sandusky is released on $250,000 bail this time. He's placed under house arrest and is required to wear an electronic monitoring device. He's also restricted from contacting the victims and possible witnesses. And he must be supervised during any interaction with minors. Yes. Thank you. But let's also not interact with minors, not him. He should not even be allowed to do that, even with supervision. <laughs> Just saying. December 13th, Sandusky enters a plea of not guilty and waives his right to a preliminary hearing. December 16th, a hearing is held for Curley and Schultz. McCreary testifies he told Universal university officials that he saw Sandusky possibly sexually assaulting a boy in 2002. Following that testimony, the judge rules that the perjury case against Curley and Schultz will go to trial. The incident is later to have is okay. So later on after that, they say that it happened in 2001, not 2002. Okay, convenient. So now we are in January 13th in 2012, unless I say otherwise. Oh boy, did you guys hear that? The cats around my house have been going crazy lately. They're so cute, though, by the way. I cannot even start talking about them. I will never be done if I do that. They're so freaking cute. Okay, January 13th, like I said, 2012. Happy New Year, right? Okay, 
Curley and Schultz enter pleas of not guilty for their failure to report child sex abuse and waive a court appearance scheduled for later this month. January 22nd, Paterno dies at the age of 85. February 14th, Valentine's Day. Penn State says that the Sandusky case has cost the university $3.2 million this far in combined legal, consultant, and public relations fees. Shit, that's a that's a bit that's a lot. Okay, June 11th, the Sandusky trial begins. Cue like fun drop like drama music and a tr- horror movie. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Just picture it. June 22nd, Sandusky is found guilty on 45 counts after jurors deliberate for almost 21 hours. His bail is immediately revoked and he is taken to jail. By the way, um, there is a hierarchy in jail and pedophiles do not, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. So not ideal for him, but maybe just don't do that or find, I don't even know. June 30th, McQuarrie's contract as assistant football coach ends. July 12th, Free, that FBI guy, remember him, he announces the findings of the investigation into Penn State's actions concerning Sandusky and child abuse. The report accuses the former leaders at Penn State of showing, in quotes, total and consistent disregard for child sex abuse victims while covering up the attacks of a longtime sexual predator. I just want to mm, hug this guy like, fuck yes. Thank you. He does not hold back. And it it's just, it feels gratifying. It really does. In a really shitty situation, that is. So July 23rd, the NCAA announces a 60 million dollar fine against Penn State. Okay, let me just repeat that. A 60 million dollar fine against Penn State and bans the team from the postseason for four years. On top of that, the school must vacate all wins from 1998 to 2011 and will lose 20 football scholarships a year for four seasons. The Big Ten Conference rules that Penn State's share of bowl revenues for the next four seasons, which is roughly $13 million, will be donated to charities working to prevent child abuse. I mean, goosebumps. How amazing. Get it. Thank you. Although it's a little too late because these boys have been changed forever, but still, finally things are being done. Like, it's things are being made right. Yes. Love that. So we're into August now, 24th. Victim number one files a lawsuit against Penn State. September 20th, Penn State hires Feinberg Rosen LLP, which is headed by Kenneth Feinberg, who oversaw the 9-11 and BP oil spill victim funds. So basically, they're not messing around. They're already so much money in debt. They have no other option. You got to get the guy. I mean, that's insane. So Kenneth Feinberg, that's crazy. That is a very interesting fact. Huh. So now we're into October 2nd. McQuarrie files a whistleblower lawsuit against Penn State. October 8th, an audio statement from Sandusky airs in which he protests his innocence and says he's falsely accused. Okay, dude. I mean, just give it up. October 9th, Sandusky is sentenced to no less than 30 years and no more than 60 years in prison. During the hearing, he is um, designated a violent sexual offender. Duh. I mean, that was expected, right? October 15th, plaintiff John Doe, a 21-year-old male, files a lawsuit against Sandusky, Penn State, the Second Mile, Spinier, Curley and, Sh- and Curley and Schultz. So again, he's not messing around either. Doe alleges that he would not have been assaulted by Sandusky if officials who were aware he was molesting boys had not covered up his misconduct. Guess what? He's 100% right. It wouldn't happen. It, it happened to it, all this. It, this should not have happened to anyone. But if it did, at most one person, because after that, this should have been alerted. And yeah, okay. I, I, I digress. 
October 18th, Sandusky's lawyers file an appeal. November 1st, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania files eight charges against former Penn State President Spenier in connection with the rape scandal. The charges include perjury and endangering the welfare of a child. Former University Vice President Schultz and former Athletic Director Curley face the same charges, according to Attorney General Linda Kelly. And then November 15th, the Middle States Commission on Higher Education lifts its warning and reaffirms Penn State's accreditation. What am I doing? Accreditation. (laughs) That was brutal for all of us. Um, Okay, so again, Happy New Year because we're into January 30th, 2013. Um, Judge John M. Cluck. Seriously, these names, you guys, it's like always always the names. Cleland denies Sandusky's appeal for a new trial. July 30th. So quite a few months go by and nothing, which is expected. A judge rules that Spanier, Curley, and Schultz will face trial on obstruction of justice and other charges related to the Sandusky child sex abuse scandal. August 26th. Attorneys announce Sandusky's adopted son, and six other victims have finalized settlement agreements. So you guys, remember that question I posed in the beginning, wondering about his kids that he adopted? Well, looks like for sure one of his sons was. And I guarantee you he was not the only one, but whatever. That That's not... It's not my business. So October 2nd, the Superior Court of Pennsylvania denies Sandusky's appeal. October 28th, Penn State announces it has reached settlements with 26 victims of Sandusky, and the amount paid by the university totals $59.7 million. Wow. Wow. On top of all the other... I mean, how do they even... How are they still existing shit okay i that's something we got to come back around to because the math on that like yeah tuitions but how how okay okay now just so you know we're in april 2nd 2014 the supreme court of pennsylvania also denies sandusky's appeal everyone's like dude no But I get it. The lawyers have to do what they've got to do and appeals, appeals, appeals. I understand that. It makes sense. It's just like a, it's just a dance. It's expected. Uh, September 8th, still 2014, NCAA ends Penn State's postseason ban and scholarship limits. The $60 million fine and the 13 years of vacated wins for Paterno remain in place. So now, Happy New Year again. We are into January 16th, 2015. The NCAA agrees to restore 111 of Paterno's wins as part of a settlement of the lawsuit brought by State Senator Jake Corman and Treasurer Rob McCord. Also, as part of the settlement, Penn State agrees to commit $60 million to the prevention and treatment of child sexual abuse. Uh, December 23rd, a couple days before Christmas, A spokeswoman for the state of Pennsylvania employee retirement system says Sandusky will receive $211,000 in back payments and his regular pension payments will resume. And this is the result of a November 13th court ruling that reversed a 2012 decision to terminate Sandusky's pension under a state law that allows the termination of pensions of public employees convicted of a disqualifying crime. The judge said in his ruling that Sandusky was not employed at the time of the crimes he was convicted of committing. Okay, I don't I don't love it, but I mean, it is what it is, and that's accurate. So, okay, January 22nd, 2016, another new year. A three-judge panel reverses the obstruction of justice and conspiracy charges against Spanier, Curley, and Schultz, and the perjury charges against Spanier and Curley. Okay. Uh, May 4th, a new allegation purports Paterno. Well, okay, let me just re-say that because that's not, that's not me. So there's a new allegation that is basically implying that Paterno knew that his assistant coach Sandusky was sexually abusing a child as early as 1976. And that's according to a new court filing. So, I mean, that's, that's out there. 
The ongoing lawsuit filed in 2013 seeks to determine whether Penn State or its insurance policy is liable for paying Sandusky's victims. At least 30 men were involved in a civil settlement with Penn State, and the number of victims could be higher. Always. The number could always be higher. Uh, Let's see. May 6th. 2016 still, CNN reports the story of another alleged victim who explains how he was a troubled young kid in 1971, so even earlier than 1976, obviously, when Sandusky raped him in a Penn State bathroom. He says his complaint about it was ignored by Paterno. Okay, that's just super sad. July 12th, newly unsealed court documents allege that Paterno knew about Sandusky's abuse and that he dismissed a victim's complaint. (laughs) Mm. august 12th in a bid for a new trial sandusky testifies at a post-conviction hearing claiming that his lawyers bungled his 2012 trial no dude that was all you bt dubs on the stand sandusky describes what he said as bad media and legal advice given to him by his former lawyer joseph amendola that bad advice he said included an interview he granted to costas on nbc November 3rd, the Department of Education fines Penn State $2.4 million for violating the Clery Act, which is a law that requires universities to report crime on campuses. It's the largest fine in the history of the act. Shit. So interesting, right? And the where's all this money? I mean, it, I feel like it says that says a lot. Okay. March 13th, we are in to 2017 now. Curley and Schultz plead guilty to a misdemeanor charge of endangering the welfare of children in exchange for the dismissal of felony charges. Like, okay, trade it out. I can't have a felony charge. Also, it's 2017. This just keeps dragging on. Well, yeah, that's why you do the right thing in the first place. Just saying. March 24th, Spinier is found guilty on one misdemeanor count of endangering the welfare of a child. Spinier was acquitted of more serious allegations, including conspiracy charges and a felony count of child endangerment. June 2nd, Spinier and two other former administrators are sentenced to jail terms for failing to report a 2001 allegation that Sandusky was molesting young boys. Spinier, whose total sentence is 4 to 12 months incarceration, will be on probation for two years and must pay a $7,500 fine. Um, That's according to Joe Grace, who is a spokesman for Pennsylvania's Attorney General's office. Curley is sentenced to 7 to 23 months incarceration and two years probation. He will serve three months in jail, followed by house arrest and pay a $5,000 fine. Schultz is sentenced to 6 to 23 months incarceration and two years probation. He will serve two months in jail, followed by house arrest and pay a $5,000 fine. So now, January 9th, 2018. It's just, it just keeps on going. Penn State reports that the total, oh my God, you guys, okay. What? Whoa. Penn State reports that the total amount of settlement awards paid to Sandusky's victims is now over $109 million. Penn State, how you, are you so, how do you have that money? All I need is a calculator and I feel, how much is it? I just, oh my God. Okay. February 5th, 2019. Just last year, you guys, just last year. In response to an appeal for a new trial that also questions the validity of mandatory minimum sentencing, the Superior Court of Pennsylvania orders Sandusky to be resentenced. The request for a new trial is denied. April 30th, U.S. Magistrate Judge Caroline Mahalchik vacates Spanier's 2017 conviction for endangering the welfare of a child. Spanier was set to be sentenced on the one-count conviction. Instead, the court ordered the conviction be vacated because it was based on a criminal statute that did not go into effect until after the conduct in question. The state has 90 days to retry him. Uh, That's according to the court documents. 
The following month, Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro appeals the judge's decision to throw out the conviction. The case is ongoing. November 22nd, Sandusky is resentenced to 30 to 60 years in prison, the same penalty that was previously overturned. Womp womp for him. The initial sentence of at least 30 years in prison was overturned by the Pennsylvania Superior Court, which found that mandatory minimum sentences were illegally imposed. Uh, okay, so now, this year, we're in 2020? Still going. March 26th, the U.S. Office for Civil Rights finds that Penn State failed to protect students who filed sexual harassment complaints. That same office, by the way, we call it OCR, uh, so that's what I mean when I say OCR, completed the compliance review after it was initially launched in 2014 and found that the university violated Title Oh my God, you guys. Okay, this is embarrassing, but it's also a humble moment. <laughs> I will be 100% honest with you. Title IX, I, for the life of me, is that nine? No. Fuck. I don't know. Okay. So title, whatever that is. For, yeah, I know. I'm, I should probably just lie or look it up, but whatever. For several years, in various ways, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos announces that the U.S. Department of Education and the university have entered into a resolution agreement that compels Penn State to address deficiencies in their complaint process, reporting policy requirements, record keeping, and training of staff, university police, and other persons who work with students. Basically, um, go back to school. Like, literally learn everything over because you obviously don't know what you're doing. And I think that's fair. Okay, going to take another quick break. And then we're going to go through probably the most chilling in a way that like, I'm just, I already have goosebumps because it's really powerful. And seeing it all written out like this, I should probably show, I should find a way to take a picture of this and put it up on the on my Instagram page, Facebook, all that, but it's it's a lot. So we're gonna come back, finish it up with that, and then uh, call it a day. Bookworms, this one's for you. The search for your next book to read ends here. Recently released, A Killer's Wife is perfect for all my true crime friends. The best part. It's part of a series, so you'll have more to look forward to once you've finished. Written by best-selling author of The Neon Lawyer, Victor Methos, A Killer's Wife is a gripping thriller about a prosecutor confronted with the darkest part of her past and the worst fears for her future. Jam-packed with conflict that you'll easily relate to and plenty of twists and turns that'll keep you at the edge of your seat. It's everything needed for a great read, guaranteed to satisfy any suspenseful cravings you may have. Available in Kindle format, audiobook, hardcover, paperback, and even audio CD. Get yours today at Amazon.com. Okay, I am back to wrap this up. And you guys, I just want you to know this is really powerful in visual format. And I'm hoping it's as powerful when I speak about it. Although I feel like it might, I, by the way, this is just a guess, it might be that it's easy to tune out during this part because it's going to seem kind of monotonous but that's part of what makes it so powerful because this we're going to be talking about the verdicts for each victim all the counts guilty or not misdemeanors felonies all of it all the deets and each person I mean this is just this is something that happened to them and that they weren't protected from and it's just to have to go through court too. I mean, it's just so traumatic. So out of respect for these victims, obviously there's no names, but just listen to this because it's not justice. I don't, I really don't believe in justice to be honest. I don't want to get into that right now because I could feel like probably a shit ton of you are screaming at me right now. But um, that aside, it's the closest thing to something that, is not respect, but just an honorary, like just honoring them and see, like, I see you and 
I'm sorry kind of thing. Whatever. Just know that this is going to be much better seen than heard. Possibly. I could be wrong. But the verdicts for victim number one, count one, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number two, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number three, guilty, indecent assault, level three felony. Count number four, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, a level one felony. Count five, guilty, corruption of minors, a level one misdemeanor. Count six, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Victim number two, count number seven, not guilty, involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number eight, guilty, indecent assault, level two misdemeanor. Count number nine, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, a level one felony. Count number 10, guilty, corruption of minors, a level one misdemeanor. Count number 11, guilty, endangering welfare of children, a level one misdemeanor. Victim number three, count number 12, guilty, indecent assault, level two misdemeanor. Count number 13, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, a level three felony. Count number 14, guilty, corruption of minors, a level one misdemeanor. Count number 15, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Victim number four, count number 16, dropped, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number 17, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number 18, dropped, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number 19, dropped, aggravated indecent assault, level two felony. Count number 20, guilty, indecent assault, a level two misdemeanor. Count number 21, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, level one felony. Count number 22, guilty, corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number 23, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Victim number five, count number 24, not guilty, indecent assault, level one misdemeanor. Count number 25, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, level three felony. Count number 26, guilty, corruption of minors, a level one misdemeanor. Count number 27, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Victim number six, count 28, not guilty, indecent assault, level one misdemeanor. Count number 29, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, level three felony. Count number 30, guilty, corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number 31, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level one misdemeanor. Victim number seven, count number 32, guilty, criminal attempt to commit indecent assault, level two misdemeanor. Count number 33, dropped, withdrawn by prosecutors, unlawful contact with minors. Count number 34, guilty, corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number 35, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level one misdemeanor. Victim number eight, count 36, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count 37, guilty, Indecent assault, level two misdemeanor. Count number 38, guilty. Unlawful contact with minors, a level one felony. Count number 39, guilty. Corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number 40, guilty. Endangering welfare of children, level one misdemeanor. Now let's see. It says due to second indictment, counts start over with victims nine and 10. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Victim number nine, count one, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number two, guilty, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number three, guilty, indecent assault, level three felony. 
Count number four, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, level one felony. Count number five, guilty, corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number six, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Victim number 10, count number seven, guilty, involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number eight, guilty, involuntary deviate sexual intercourse, level one felony. Count number nine, guilty, indecent assault, level one misdemeanor. Count number 10, guilty, unlawful contact with minors, level one felony. Count number 11, guilty, corruption of minors, level one misdemeanor. Count number 12, guilty, endangering welfare of children, level three felony. Okay, so that is just the 10 that we know about. I guarantee you, I have no, this is not proven fact. This is just my personal opinion. There's a shit ton out there, a ton. I think innumerable, to be honest, because the thing is, this doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just stop. It doesn't go away. And look how hard it was, how many people had to say something and see something for anything to be done. Can you imagine? Just there's no way. There's no way there were only 10 victims. And then that's just, again, my opinion. Um, also, I'm probably not going to, I'm hoping I can explain this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a monster. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel bad for everyone in this, including Jerry Sandusky. And before you freak out, do not stop listening. You need to listen and hear this. Not what happened to him, because you do not do that to anyone. That is just absolute evil. It's horrible. It's wrong. You don't have that right. Um, I feel bad for him that he's attracted to young children. You don't act on that because it's just like rape. You don't do that. That that will be punished and it should be punished. I'm just saying, who would who wants to be attracted to young children? Who wants that? Nobody wants that. You think he likes that? No. So, yeah, I, I, you don't do that. You don't molest children or anyone. You just don't do that. And you, if you do, like I said, yes punishment consequences you can't just do that you can't just take what you want you can't do that however I feel for the people who find themselves attracted to I mean I also am very ready for science and psychology to come together and figure it out like there's got to be a way to help these people um but then again, it feels like, are we going to be in the way in the future and look back? Like, think about homosexuality, like the, the camps that probably still exist, which makes me want to throw up, but to like help them and heal. Them. There's nothing wrong with that. I, but like kids, I don't know. This is just like one of those things that you, I could talk about for hours and just argue to death because there's so many ways to look at it and talk about it and, uh. Yeah, let me know what you think. And I hope you enjoyed. You know what I mean. I say that every week and I always have to just remind you. When I say enjoy, no one wants to hear about this kind of stuff. But it, it's like absolutely insane to me that this happened not that long ago. And just the money too, that factor of money. Oh my God. And the fact of how many adults knew and saw and didn't do anything. It's just a perfect shitstorm. It really is. So yeah, hope you enjoyed and see you next week. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> oh, silly boy. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out.
This is a Yellow Wave production.